Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. We're going to be picking up in the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, chapter 10. Chapter 10, and we're not going to read all the chapter. We're going to sort of split this up into two parts. Um, There are two different plagues in this chapter. One of the locusts and the other one of darkness. And uh, so we're going to be looking at the locust tonight and what all transpires. Some things are going to be similar of the other plagues. But each and every time we get a beautiful picture of the person of God, we get a picture of God that brings us to a point of reverence, appreciation, thanksgiving, and just seeing God in, in His person. And as I said this morning... It's imperative that we grow in the knowledge of our Savior, amen, our knowledge of God, because it's in view of Him we know how to live our life through the power of the Spirit. So uh, let us pay close attention to who God is tonight as He um, jumps off the pages of Scripture, all right? And so chapter 10, and uh, we'll start in verse 1. I've just got just the title slide tonight. And um, I don't really have any other slides, but we'll give you some main points, try to help you take notes tonight uh, in regard to that. So in verse 1, if if you're there, say amen. Amen. All right, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart, and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son, what things I have wrought in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them, that they may know how that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long would thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if thou refuse to let my people go, behold, Tomorrow will I bring the locusts into thy coast, and they shall cover the face of the earth, that one cannot be able to see the earth. And they shall eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hell. And remember, the hell was the previous plague, all right? It affected uh, the people, affected the land, etc. And shall eat every tree which groweth for you out of the field. And they shall fill thy houses, and the houses of all thy servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither thy fathers nor thy father's fathers have seen since the day that they were upon the earth unto this day. And he turned himself and went out from Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were 
brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old and with our sons and with our daughters and with our flocks and with our, our herds. Will we go? For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go and your little ones. Look to it, for evil is before you. Not so. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord. For that ye did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, uh, even all that the hell hath left. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locust. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt, rested in all the coast of Egypt, very grievous were they. Uh, before them there were no such locusts as they, neither after them shall be such. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened. And they did eat <clears throat> every herb of the land, and all the fruit of the trees, which the hell had left. And there remained not any green thing in the trees, nor in the herbs of the field throughout all the land of Egypt." And then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. And he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, and the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind which took away the locusts and cast them in, into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coast of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. Let's conclude there and pray. Father, Lord, there are, there's a, a, a great message, Lord, here for us tonight. We have this record of history Father, you are in every second of history. And I'm thankful for the biblical account of these historical markers that you have inspired that we, Father, may learn from. Now, this is in the Old Testament. It happened to real people. This was a real moment in history. Lord, as we go through real moments in our history... You are the same God that brought deliverance in this particular history. And Father, you're the same God that can bring deliverance in our own lives today. But Father, help us as your people to remember that it's not always about physical deliverance, but it's about our lives being lived for your glory and for you to shine through that others may see your wonderful, glorious grace. So Father, help me just to, to bring out what you've showed me in the time I've had to study through these verses. And I pray we can leave rejoicing in the fact that you are our God. Those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The power that you show in this biblical account is the same God that we belong to. Thank you, Lord, for never changing. 
Thank you for being the same today as you were then. And help us, Father, to always thank you for that truth. Guide us tonight. Again, Lord, I know I'm a dying man preaching to dying people. In the physical sense, we are dying each and every moment closer and closer to that time that we leave this world. And Father, as Christians, I pray tonight that we will be found with a humble, repentive heart of sin in our life and be closer to you. And if there be someone tonight that cannot remember a time, Lord, where they have come to you and cried out with the repentance of their heart, of their faith being put in other things or even themselves, and then, Father, crying out with a believing, trusting faith alone in Christ alone. In that moment, you say that they are born again, they are yours, and you lose none of yours. Love you, Father. Help us tonight. Be true to the text. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to, as always, spend just a few moments looking back and recapping just a little bit. Um, last time, you back up in chapter 9, we were looking in verses 22 through verse 35, the plague of hell. And uh, we find that, as always, uh, Pharaoh um, refused but remember, I want to bring back to your attention that Pharaoh is now in a place where he has been judiciously hardened. And there have been many times leading up to uh, the point that that happened, um, that God had been gracious, and um, God had been long-suffering. Uh, but now we find in chapter 9 that God said, at this point, I'm bringing all of my plagues to be upon your heart. And so what you're finding in Pharaoh's time, because he has denied God and denied God, we find out now, I gave you a phrase we're all familiar with, if you make your bed, you, you yeah, that, that, that is the possibility. And now we find that each and every plague that is now being brought to Pharaoh is now coming to his heart in, in this sense, that each time Pharaoh gets a clearer vision of his hopelessness. That is all Pharaoh will get to see is his hopeless, hopeless, hopeless condition. There is no hope for Pharaoh. He is judiciously hardened now. And now God says, for this cause I have raised you up. Pharaoh was never a puppet, but God allowed Pharaoh to raise and be himself and come to the point that he was. And now we find God is not going to waste Pharaoh. God's not a wasteful God. Amen? I'm thankful that God is the God that is also uh, has authority over evil men. Amen? He has authority over even Pharaoh now. And God is not going to waste this vessel that brings dishonor. He is going to use him. He's going to use him for his glory. He's going to use him, as we're going to see, to help future generations know who God is. Now, I left you with this thought. And I pray you took it home with you. I said that Moses, and I talked to Sister Sherry, we were talking in, in the fellowship meal, uh, that um, Moses spent, you know, 40 years in the palace. And I've not studied the genealogy of the current Pharaoh and, and the time of Moses being there. I've not looked at that. But it's, it's not beyond me thinking this, that Pharaoh knew, or Moses knew this Pharaoh for quite some time. I don't think it's beyond saying that. And you come to the end of chapter 9, Moses continued and continued to petition God on Pharaoh's behalf. 
And I would just have to think there's some humanity in Moses as well that Moses continued, I think, to have a heart for Pharaoh's heart, to continue to reach him. And I left you with this thought, be a Moses. You may think you're dealing with a Pharaoh in your life, but our business is not to say, that's a Pharaoh, I'm done with him. Only God can draw the line in the sand and, and bring that, po- that person to the point because of their rejections over as the same as Pharaoh. Your, your reason for living is to keep giving them the gospel. Amen? Um, that is our purpose. So be a Moses regardless of how hard you may think somebody is. You reach them. We're to be a soul winner. As the Bible says, those that win a souls are wise. Not that you save them, but you lead them to the one that can save them. Now here, we, we come to this point. Once again, God gives uh, Moses instructions. Now the thought tonight is this. No one left behind. I was thinking about Memorial Day and you know, thinking about, I think, the motto throughout the military branches is that you don't leave a man behind. You know, you, even if they're, they're injured or they're wait, you, you bring them with you. I don't know if you, you veterans would agree to that, but that was, I think, I think a motto that, that really went through probably every branch. You don't leave a man behind. Now, I'm not talking about open theism. I'm not talking about everybody's going to trust Christ as Savior. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, is that God's people, These are his people that he is wanting to exit out of Egypt. He's not going to leave any one of them behind. He's reaching them. He's going to exit them out of Egypt. And I'm just thankful tonight that God knows his children today. Amen? And he never forgets you. And he doesn't leave you behind. The Bible said, Christ says, I will be with you to the end of the world. Amen? Those that put their faith in Christ. And so tonight, what you're finding, God is continuing continuing to work on Pharaoh, and then ultimately, we know this story, they will exit. Now, no one left behind. You're going to see this really get painted more clearly as we go through. All right? Now, let's look at this. If you're taking notes, here's sort of a heading for you. If, you, if What we're going to dive into first is we're going to see a continued purpose for what God is doing. God is not a wasteful God. God doesn't shoot from the hip. He doesn't think of things as he goes. Uh, God knows the end from the beginning. He is all-knowing, all-sovereign God. And here, notice, God is, has a purpose. Aren't you thankful that God has a purpose for your life? Amen. Now, notice this. He told Moses, go to Pharaoh. I've hardened his heart. That I may show these signs before him. Now, all, and remember, all up to this time, there, there's been a two-fold purpose. And one is this, is that Pharaoh may see God in all his glory, in all his power, and even the kingdom of Egypt, the pagan land of Egypt. He, they, he wants them to see him, that there's none like him. Remember reading that last time? There's none like him in all the earth. I want you to look at verse, look at verse 2. And that thou mayest tell the ears of thy son and thy son's son what things I have wrought or brought, if you will, in Egypt or or made happen or caused to happen. And my signs which I have done among them that they may know how that I am the Lord. Remember, we're talking about the covenant-keeping God here. And so we find that this is not just about merely judgment on Egypt, but listen to me. 
God is using this again so that generations upon generations will learn from history how that God is the great Lord and the great I Am. Do you appreciate tonight people that have passed on nuggets of life, nuggets of living? Can I get y'all wake up? Amen, are you with me? That people took time to teach you things you should do, things you shouldn't do. And not just that, but how maybe old saints of old that are not with us anymore, they took time to sow into your heart how that God worked this work and only He could do it when He chose to do it with what He did it with. And they shared that with you. Anybody had moments like that with some people? Maybe even your own parents, if... You're that blessed. You've had parents that sowed that into your life. You may have had a Sunday school teacher, a pastor, just a brother or sister in Christ that told you about some historical moments in their life. And those things, see, that's important. If I, if I would have any advice to young people, millennials or even younger, surround yourself with some people that have some silver in their hair. Amen. Those that have lived life and have stories of historical moments that God showed himself to them. You know, sometimes young people, I think sometimes young people can grow up and just think sometimes those that are a lot older than they are are just sort of a hindrance or just sort of in the way of life. No, they are gems and gifts of God for your life. Amen? I wish I had some, some of those uh, um, back in my life that, that I that have sowed in, in, in my life. Talking about today, as I was holding Henry, oh, how my great-grandma would probably love to have seen him. Stuff she could have sowed into his life. But I'm thankful she invested in me, and I can share her stories with him. But it's things like this. What God is doing in Pharaoh, he's doing it for generations to come. God doesn't do an event. God doesn't work in history just for that moment. Do you follow me? He's not a single faceted God. He's not a single generation God. He's a multi-generational God. That's who he is. And he said, listen, my dear children, this is for you to remember this and teach your children. But not just to teach them, but to teach your children, to teach their children what I taught you. Folks, that's the purpose. That's also a purpose of your life tonight is to let what God has done in your life get passed on. One thing that scares me sometimes about generations coming up, and not just people my age or younger, but I'm talking about that are older, that are even in leadership positions in our country, they have not still not learned from history. We live in a generation today that doesn't like history. Can I get an amen on that? I know you're all with me on that one. If you watch the news little at all, you know there is a society today that wants to take a big eraser and erase all of maybe what history has hurt, been hurtful or painful. But listen to me. God uses even the pain, even the wickedness of leaders that have been in our history to help us see who he is and what we even shouldn't repeat. We need history in our life. Learn from it and grow from it and be, become the child of God that he wants you to be. Folks, can I tell you that this book is also a book of history? 
God is written in history. And you rob yourself tonight by not passing on those things that God has woven into the fabric of the history of your ancestors and the history of this nation. We need, as God says, these are for the ears of your children and your children's children. Were some of these painful times even for the children of Israel? Yes. Remember the laborers, the the taskmasters that they were with? That, that was over them, how brutal they were on them. And God allowed those things to be. And we find that God's, God's deliverance made that much sweeter. Well, listen, God doesn't make mistake of where He has placed you. God, great thing. It may be painful right now, it may be discouraging. You may think you're at the end of your rope, but understand this that God is doing something great with you. You don't have to see that great thing yet. All you need to see is the great God that's working that great thing out. Amen? God works those things out. So understand that there is a continued purpose for what God is doing. Why don't God just end it with the first plague? Why didn't just kill Pharaoh then? Because God is thinking about generations down the road. Why is this book still with us today? For generations to come. They need to know the great I am. Amen? Now, what you're going to find now... He gave them, again, the if-then proposition. If you don't let them go, here's what's going to happen. And here, if you notice this, Moses, Moses and Aaron come, and, and they, they, they break this down for them about the locusts and how thick they're going to be. It's going to be completely covering the land. It's going to be like darkness. Um, and all that the hell left, the locusts are going to eat up. Remember how God has been working completely consuming anything about idolatry that your eyes and heart may turn to Him. That's how jealous God is. Amen? We serve a jealous God, and rightfully to be jealous because He's God. Now, Moses and Aaron break this down for him in verses 4 and and 5 and verse 6. And notice this in verse 6. As soon as Moses and Aaron are done, he said, And he turned himself and went out from Pharaoh. And when I read that, he didn't take time to debate. He didn't take time to have a further discussion with Pharaoh. He said, here's what it is, and I'm gone. And in essence, what Moses is saying, take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. As I told you this morning, folks, listen, God deals with absolutes because he is an absolute God. Amen? He's the, he, God is life. We learned that this morning. God is He doesn't become something. He is who he says he is. So Moses says, I've heard from the Lord. Here is the decision. That's all there is. You let me know what you're going to do. You ever uh, make a deal with somebody? You're wanting to buy something. And and, uh, you'll say about the price. There's some wiggle room in that. Everybody done that? There's some wiggle room. There is a funny commercial about a badger about in a car lot about wiggle room. It's you can look it up sometime. It's pretty comical if you've not seen it. But wiggle room. I want some. I want to get a little bit cheaper. I want a little bit cheaper, right? You want the best deal. The only deal God gives you is what God gives you. Amen. And really, God gave us His Son. 
God provides the best, and He provides it always through His Son. And I'm thankful for that tonight. But Moses says, here is the deal, and if you don't take it, I'm wiping out every, all the herbs, all the trees, all the leaves. It is all going away. I'm completely consuming it. Before, he told Pharaoh, he said, listen, if, you will, if you'll bring your servants in from the field and the cattle, even though there's no hope for you, I'll even show a little bit of mercy and save them from the hell. God's not doing that now. God's not doing that now. God gets a little more... A little bit more in his severity each and every time. Moses says, here it is. All right, take it or leave it. Now I want you to see this, all right? And really, this no one left behind, this is really the main thought that God's brought to my attention, all right? That I want to spend the rest of our time. What you're going to see here, compromises. Anybody familiar with what compromise is? So look back at what's going to happen. Moses and Aaron has left. All right, told them what's going to happen if they don't let them go. Now notice in verse 7. And Pharaoh's servant said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? I mean, hear the tone of their voice. I mean, they're tired. How long is he going to continue to be a snare unto us? This guy Moses and Aaron and their God. Let the men go. So here we're seeing the compromise. That they may serve the Lord their God, knowest that, that not yet, excuse me, knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? They're saying, Pharaoh, listen to me. Can't you see by your stubbornness that Egypt is being destroyed? And you think these guys now, you would think that these guys now are giving some real sound advice to Pharaoh. This is how you do it right, Pharaoh. Let the men go. Is that what God's wanting? Let the men go? It's not what God's asking for. It's actually, God's not asking. He's demanding. He didn't say just let the men go and leave the wives and the children behind. No, no, notice, notice what happens then. So we find he takes their advice. And notice, what's, notice, notice the dialogue. All right. And uh, in verse 10, And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, so the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? Who are they, Moses, that, that actually should go with you? Okay, look a little bit further. And Moses, Moses said, I mean, this is plain shooting, straight shooting with him. We will go with our young, with our old, with their sons, and with our daughters, and with our flocks. And with our herds will we go. For, what's the next word? We. We must hold a feast unto who? The covenant-keeping Jehovah God. We must go. You see some great compromises. Can I tell you something? This is nothing new. Brother Larry, there's nothing new that's going on. Pharaoh has tried to compromise with Moses this entire time. Let me remind you of something. In chapter 8, if you don't remember, he said, I'll let you worship God, but you've got to worship Him in the confines of Egypt. Surely you can give God enough worship amongst the idols. Surely you've got enough determination that amongst the temptation of the idols that you can worship God. 
But no, God says, I need to take them away from the filth of idolatry so they can worship me in, 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 in the heart that I want them to worship me. But that was a compromise Pharaoh was wanting. And then in chapter 8, Pharaoh tries to do it again, or in verse 28, he says, well, don't go too far away. In other words, you can go outside the city, but, but I, I want to make sure that you can still see me and I can still see you. I want them to come back and look at the idolatry and what their life used to be and all those things and the temptations that their flesh enjoys and all that. You just stay just in eyesight. We all remember the story of Lot, right? That did not go well for Lot. When he kept Sodom and Gomorrah in his eyesight, he took his family all the way there. And Pharaoh was trying... Pharaoh's not a dummy. Amen? Don't you dare think Pharaoh is a dumb man because he is not a dumb man. He's pretty intoxicated by his own position, but he's not a dummy. He's trying to compromise God with God. But folks, there is no compromise with God. There's either with God or against God, right? This morning, John said, it is darkness or light. There is no dust. There is no gray area. You're on the equator. It's either light or, 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 or darkness. But Pharaoh's going to try it once again. Pharaoh says, you know what? I'll just let the men go. I'll just let the men go and you all go worship. Surely that's, that's good enough. But you're going to find, I think Moses knew good and well, who needs to go worship. Folks, you'll never find in Scripture God's plan for the family for it just to be just one parent to worship God. Amen? God's plan and God's desire for the family is for worship to be within the unit of the family. Are you with me? Together. Not you go and I stay, but we go. We go and we worship. We read. We pray. That, that's who we are. A family unit is truly a unit. They go together into life. They go together into worship. Again, Pharaoh's going to be saying, you leave the wives and the children and you just go serve the Lord. Can I tell you this? The only person that will lead you into compromise with God is the devil. And your flesh loves compromise as well, right? Let me get a little bit of dark and a little bit of light. That's what Pharaoh's trying to do here. And Moses says, no, we're taking everyone to worship. We must worship Jehovah. We must worship the one that keeps his covenant with me. Folks, can I tell you something? My dear friends, bring your family to church. Amen. Get your family and read the Bible together. Pray with your family. Wherever God takes you in ministry, whatever that ministry looks like, take your family. You think God made a mistake giving you the family you have in the ministry that He's called you in? No. Take your family with you. And that's what Moses said. Moses understood the importance of family worship. Compromise is never found in Scripture for, for the uh, believer. What breaks my heart many times, many times, is that you see more so 
divided families, not divided families, but families rep- representing sometimes the church or families that are divided in worship in a sense that the dad is at home and the mom's bringing the kids. And that always breaks my heart. I, I, I congratulate and, I, and I, I'm so thankful for moms that goes beyond the lack of leadership of their husband and brings their children to church. But understand this, you find in the Bible that, that men, listen, you're responsible for the spiritual welfare of your family. If Moses had accepted that compromise, he would have done an injustice to the men and the women of those families. He would set them up for a bad accountability day. They're, man and woman are equal in value, but they are different in roles. Amen? God put distinction in roles. And men, you are the spiritual leader of your home. Never compromise when it comes to worship. Bring your family. And Moses says, we are going. If we don't go, nobody's going. You'll find a little bit later they all went together. Folks, the promised land, again, I tell you, is a picture of where God's blessings and things are for people being in God's perfect will. And folks, the best place for a family unit is to be in the center of God's will. Can I get a witness on that? It's not always easy sometimes being in God's will. Do you think the journey to the promised land was going to be easy? Do you think that the battles would be easy? Do you think that there won't be times that you just may want to turn around and go back? Do you not think sometimes the men's hearts may get a little fearful and maybe have a little bit of regret? Yes, those are going to be emotions that you have. But listen, at the end of the day, let there not be compromise in your heart when it comes to worshiping God as a unit. That's what we need. That's what we need today. Let me just say this. When you, when you, have, a, when you have a husband and wife that work together in worship and spiritual growth, when you're working together with, with God and through God and through His grace, they create an atmosphere. Can I tell you something? They create atmosphere where there is no ceiling to the spiritual growth they can experience when you don't have compromise in your heart and you don't allow it and you pray God help me not to entertain it and you're in you're following the Lord you are creating my dear friends an atmosphere that welcomes spiritual growth and it removes the ceiling to where you can continue growing in the Lord no compromise what did Moses do he turned him down And you know what happened? The locust came. And it removed everything from the land. What happened then? What happened then? Well, as always, we may think Pharaoh is repenting, but let's see, repentance is truly heart repentance. Repentance that we must do as God's people, that a lost person must do in order to believe they must repent. Here, this is not hard. Because notice, notice Pharaoh's language. Again, notice what repentance is not. If you want to get something from the last part of this text, notice this. All right? In verse, <clears throat> verse 16, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, said, I've sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, forgive, I pray thee. Notice this. My sin only this once. Does that sound like repentance? No. And entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death. What's the next word? 
only. The only thing Pharaoh was interested in is this, just getting past this one bump in the road for my agenda. That's all Pharaoh's interested in. That's not repentance. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. Repentance is a complete turning away from what you were doing, where your faith has been placed, and the enjoyment and the confidence that you had in those things. Repentance is a turning away from. Pharaoh has a facade of repentance that he may re- the plague may be removed so he can continue being the intoxicated, power-driven uh, tyrant that he was. And that's not repentance. If a person is going to be saved today, they must truly repent or turn from faith in others things and turn to God completely trusting in Christ alone and his death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible says you be born again. For a Christian, repentance in your life is not just saying, God, forgive me and go bathe in the sin again. Uh, repentance is this, God, I have godly sorrow. I repent and God help me to stay repentive to that sin. Help me walk where I need to be walking and that should be an opposite of where you were walking. Amen? Repentance. Repentance brings forgiveness, repentance brings renewal, repentance brings growth, but, account, but that is opposite of repentance, brings, uh, brings death, brings regret, brings loss, brings depression, takes purpose. I mean, folks, repentance is a key for the lost and for the saved. Amen? When you get saved, dear friend, it is the beginning of repentance for you. I have to repent every day. Why? Because I'm a sinner saved by grace. I still do wrong, and there's things that I don't do right. You know what that means for me? I must humble myself and say, God, I am wrong. I name what I was wrong in, and I humbly and boldly ask God to forgive me. And you know what God does for me, Brother Ron? He's faithful and just to forgive me. Of those sins. That is the only kind of repentance that God will bless. That God will bring forgiveness. That God will bring newness into your life. So tonight, let me ask you a couple things. A few things. Are you surrounding yourself with people that can invest in your life and pour into your life some historical things? How God has been God and only He could do what He did. You need those stories in your life. Surround yourself with people like that. And let me ask you this, mom and dad. Are you compromising your family? Are you, are you taking a compromise when it comes to worship? And your responsibility to grow your family in the knowledge and grace of Jesus Christ. And then lastly... Is there real repentance in your life? Folks, we need repentance. Leave no one behind. God doesn't leave anybody behind. And let us learn from Him. Let us not let our family fall behind in repentance. Let us not let them fall behind in growth. Let us let them not fall behind from the ways of God. Aren't you thankful that God, that there's just so, there, you'll never exhaust God. Amen. Each day his mercies are new. Every day for every believer his mercies are new. 
there's not a bottom to God. Keep digging, keep growing, keep being in the center of God's will. So tonight, I don't know maybe how this message has helped you. It's helped me. Maybe you have a decision you need to make tonight. Maybe this altar needs to be filled with Christians that just need to be humbled tonight over a situation. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to put your faith in Christ and be born again. I don't know. But if whatever God is doing in your heart, however he's leading you tonight, that is the, that, that's the decision. So let's all stand to our feet tonight. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. We're going to ask Sister Arbor the mic to come in just a moment. And we're going to pray. Father, tonight we come to you. Lord, I don't, I can't look into the heart of anyone tonight. I can look on the exterior and, 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 and maybe assume or make judgments. But God, you're, you're the judge. Um, God, I, I really pray, I really pray wholeheartedly that, that each one will be honest with their life. As they have heard your word tonight and that you have spoken to their heart. And Father, you didn't tell them any lies. Father, you, you didn't tell them anything that wasn't true. I pray tonight they'll respond to the truth that's been poured into their heart through your spirit. Father, help us to be humble. Help us, Lord, just to surrender. This world needs, needs um, believers in Christ, Christians that are humbled, that are, that are repentive, that are completely surrendered to you. Families that do not compromise for worship. They do not compromise for truth and for holiness. Tonight I pray you have your way with all of us. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. What's our...